Greetings, everyone, wherever you are listening. This is Laszlo Montgomery, your friendly and humble creator and narrator of the China History Podcast. I've been here in Germany all week, and as I think I mentioned at the end of the last podcast where we finished off the Song Dynasty, I wasn't going to have time to present the Ming Dynasty overview this week. I had a lot of samples and whatnot to schlep here to Frankfurt for this show, so packing all my Chinese history books was out of the question. But since tomorrow is the New Year's Eve of the Chinese New Year, I thought why not pontificate about the origins and customs of this big holiday in the Chinese-speaking world and in the worlds of the Vietnamese, Koreans, Japanese, as well as in Indonesia, Thailand, and the Philippines. And of course, anyone who lives near a Chinatown knows this holiday is enthusiastically celebrated there as well. February 3rd will be the first day of the New Year. We're just finishing off the Year of the Tiger, and on the 3rd begins the Year of the Rabbit, or more specifically, the Metal Rabbit. Anyone born after the Chinese New Year in the years 1940, 1952, 64, 76, 1988, and 2000, well, this is your year. Now, this is the only year that has a sort of a complication. In Vietnam, they don't use the rabbit. In Vietnam, this will be the year of the cat. The 12 uh, uh, Chinese zodiac uh, animals are tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, sheep, monkey, rooster, dog, pig, rat, and ox. In China, as we speak, the annual Chun Yun is starting to wind down. Those who are lucky are already home with their families, busy cleaning up the house and assisting in all the annual preparations. I'm sure you've heard about the Chun Yun. This is the annual migration of Chinese back to their hometowns. Tens and tens of millions of Chinese who live and work far from home, especially those working in the factories along the coast and all the great manufacturing centers in Shandong, Jiangsu, Zhejiang, Fujian, Guangdong, everyone heads home to be with their families, usually in the interior of China where the vast pool of labor is located. Buses, trains, planes, autos, motorcycles, whatever. Everyone is on the go. And if you can imagine for a second something akin to like uh, almost the entire population of the United States just suddenly getting up and going somewhere else, you can get a sense of the magnitude of this annual migration of people. Tickets for transport, uh, it's pretty hard to come by. And it's a time when a lot of fists are shaken at the China government, and the tales of woe are endless about those who encounter any number of hardships associated with not being able to find transport back to their town or village. Logistically speaking, it's one of the most challenging periods in the world. My heart goes out to the government because you can imagine all the scams and ticket scalping that goes on, and somehow the government ends up taking the rap for whatever goes wrong. My own company in Ningbo, they shut down a while ago, and all our workers were bussed home to their villages and motor coaches that were arranged by the factory. This is uh, indeed a very old holiday and goes way back to the time of at least the Shang Dynasty. If you recall, way back in the beginning, we, we began our little dynasty overview. The Shang was the second dynasty of China and the first one to leave any kind of written record, which in the case of the Shang came in the form of these oracle bones. And from these bones, there was evidence of some sort of 
record of astronomical observations and other things that indicated the existence of a Chinese calendar. It's not actually the Lunar New Year, as almost everyone calls it, because although it's based on the lunar phases, it's also, it also includes the solar solstices and equinoxes. So if you refer to it as the Lunar New Year, technically that's not entirely correct. Actually, there's a word for this. It's called lunisolar. <laughs> the uh, Chinese New Year falls on the second new moon after the winter solstice or the 24th day of the 12th month of the Lunar New Year. This is uh, the big day that the various gods uh, all ascend to heaven to report to the Jade Emperor, the supreme Taoist deity, to pay their respects to him and report on the household affairs of everyone. So you could imagine all the bribery going on prior to their actual departure. Lots of this ritualistic money is burned. I'm sure you've uh, seen that before, perhaps. If you've ever been to Chinatown, you may have seen these stacks of bills and these ridiculously large denominations. It's, it's burned in a ritual that provides for the travel expenses of the gods, you know, sort of. One of the most important of these traveling deities is the kitchen god, Zhao Jun, or, or Zhao Shen. Uh, it's, uh, it's a tradition to rub some sweet substance like uh, like a malt sugar or honey onto the lips of this god to ensure that nothing except sweet things come out of his mouth when he's reporting to the jade emperor about you know what went on in your household during the past year uh the chinese new year yeah, sort of lasts uh, a tad over 2 weeks but the main event the most important moment of the whole holiday is the new year's eve celebration this is why it's absolutely so critical for everyone to get home in time for this moment. This uh, trade show that I came to Frankfurt for, it ended today, and my colleagues from, from China, they, uh, they flew in from Ningbo to work this show, and they're all extremely anxious to get out of Dodge today, and they'll be uh, landing in China sometime during the day of February 2nd, and they'll all head straight home and get ready for the big night. Everyone stays up well past midnight and into the early hours of the morning to celebrate and just soak up the joy and happiness of being together with one's family. And you could imagine the feeling of exhilaration for these couple hundred million workers who toil away in the factories for 11 and a half months when at last they can sit together with their family and celebrate this granddaddy of all Chinese holidays and traditions. Well, before we get into the various traditions and whatnot, let's look at how this all started. It all started with the monster named Nian. Nian was a man-eating mad monster who came around every year at the same time of the first day of the year, and he would just go from village to village and devour the peasants' livestock and their crops and, you know, even the villagers themselves. And he particularly loved devouring children as they were a particular... Uh, uh, delicacy. So for something this evil, you really had to take every precaution to ensure that the monster Nian didn't get you or your children. Now, as luck would have it, all those thousands of years ago, there was a guy named Hong Jun Lao Tzu. He was uh, one of the myriad of uh, mythical Taoist deities who, when he decided to put his foot down and face down this horrific monster. He, he figured out that this Nian, he was scared to death of the color red. And he didn't like fire or loud noises either. So once this secret was out, well, 
all the peasants had to do was, uh, you know, they to, in order to protect themselves, they had to make sure there was ample red everywhere and then make sure to bang drums, blow off firecrackers, and they'd have nothing to worry about. And it seems to have worked all these years because since ancient times, there hasn't been any record of even one single Chinese being eaten by this monster, Nian. Nian, he sort of looked like one of those... Um, Scary lions, I think you've seen before. If you ever saw one of those uh, Chinese lion dances. Uh, now, the color red and loud noises, these all worked. But as an added insurance, sacrificial foods would also be placed outside the door for Nian to eat in, instead of uh, the people. So, when Chinese get together and during the holiday, they'll say Guo uh, Nian, which has a double meaning in Mandarin. To guonian means both to uh, have passed by or survived the monster nian, and the word guo also means to celebrate, and this Chinese word nian is the word for year. So if you guonian, you celebrate the new year. Uh, Chinese is filled with thousands and thousands of these things where the words have uh, two significant meanings. Well, there was more to the uh, big family reunion and the enjoyable chushi dinner, as it was called, you had to first scrub down the home. And I really mean clean it up because you had to eradicate every single trace of bad luck or hui qi that may have accumulated throughout the year. So you gave the house a, a good cleaning and got everything all nice and fixed up. So there was plenty of room for the good luck to get inside. Lucky sayings were written onto these red pieces of paper that were plastered all over the inside and outside of the house. And the most common one you've seen, no doubt, is the character Fu, which is written on red paper and is always hung upside down because... And this is another one of these brilliant things about Chinese language. People who say this character Fu was upside down... Uh, uh, you know, they'll say it's upside down, and in Chinese, the, the, it will say, ah, Fu Daola. The word fu, or good fortune, is upside down. But the word for arrive and the word for upside down, although two different Chinese characters, they're both spoken exactly the same. Same fourth tone, dao. So in saying uh, the good fortune is upside down, what it sounds like is the good fortune has arrived. So this is something you'll see in every home, shop, restaurant, pretty much everywhere. In 1912, the newly established nationalist government renamed this holiday Chunjie, which means uh, Spring Festival. It was considered a less superstitious-sounding name for the holiday. So, the whole order of events um, sort of goes like this. And mind you, customs vary from region to region in China. And, you know, some things they'll do in Taiwan, and they'll do them in Singapore, but not in China. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, things are done differently. There's some differentiations, uh, between the New Year, New Year's customs in the North versus the South, but eh, for the most part, sort of goes like this. Uh, New Year's Eve, which this year happens to be the evening of February 2nd, the house sorry, by now is completely scrubbed clean. All the lucky sayings are hanging inside and out. The lights are on and everyone is dressed in red clothes or clothes that have red as the predominant color. The whole extended family sits around the table with the eldest and most senior members of the family in the you know, appropriate places of honor. You have the Chu Xi, the, the big feast, which features all these 
traditional foods specific to the new year. You'll have things like prawns that symbolize liveliness and happiness, dried oysters mixed with this edible seaweed that looks like hair. It's called fatsai or hair vegetable. And fatsai can also mean to get rich. Same pronunciation as hair vegetable, but different character. Again, another one of these Chinese things you can do with the language that's very interesting. You'll also have this raw fish salad, or yusheng, which symbolizes good luck and prosperity. In the north of China, it's common to eat dumplings, which sort of have a, have a, they have a similar shape to the old Chinese uh, tails of gold. A tail, T-A-E-L, is a, is a unit of measure, sort of like an ounce. Sixteen tails equaled one jin, which was about 1.1 pounds. So we'll say, uh, in, the way, in English, we say, oh, six of one, half dozen of the other. In the Chinese, they say the exact same thing, except they say ban jin ba liang, which means half a jin or eight liang. A liang is, uh, what, uh, is how you pronounce tail in uh, Chinese. The uh, big moment, of course, it's the countdown to midnight, just like we have in the West. At this point... Uh, no one is lighting any fires inside the house, and all knives have been hidden because they both give bad luck. So all the food is, of course, made beforehand and sort of sits on the table, and fireworks are going off like crazy everywhere. And perhaps most important is that everyone, you know, pays their formal respects to the elders in the family. And, of course, this is, you know, there's a whole bunch of ritual in this and specific lucky sayings and greetings that you would say to these senior members of the family. And everyone stays up all night and parties, and it's just a wondrous night for all Chinese all over the world who celebrate this holiday. You'll also have lion dances performed as a nod to good old Nian, who wouldn't dare show his face amidst so much noise and red color everywhere. And then you'll also have red lanterns hanging outside the houses. The feast uh, sort of winds down with the last course being a fish. And again, this is yet another... Chinese homophone, yu means fish, and it's also the word for abundance. I mean, it's two different characters, but it sounds the same. So the fish is either not eaten or it's only partially eaten. Uh, and because you want to be able to utter the magic words nian nian yo yu, nian nian means year year. I mean, in Chinese, that's how you say every year. And yo means to have, and yu, like I said, means fish or abundance. So it sounds like you're saying every year have fish, but if you switch the character for fish to the character for abundance, it sounds exactly the same and uh, means every year may you have abundance. Another one of these things that makes this holiday so rich in tradition, uh, red envelopes or lycee packets as they're also known, are passed out to the young folk or anyone who's unmarried. Uh, I used to work uh, for a couple of Chinese companies when I was living in Hong Kong, mostly during the Reagan-Clinton era. And on the first day back at work after the three-day public holiday, my office would be besieged by every unmarried colleague. They'd line up outside my door and I'd have all my red envelopes all ready. And yeah, I'd stick something like 20... Hong Kong dollars, up to 500 Hong Kong dollars, and I'd have to make sure I gave the right denomination to the right colleague, depending on their relation, their relationship to me. 
Uh, obviously, the ones who were closest to me, like the direct reports or, you know, someone like, uh, you know, the gals on the sample room who I had to beg all the time to make my samples real fast, you know, they'd get the higher denominations. And then, you know, the regular folk who, you know, usually avoided me throughout the year because they were scared to death of me because I was a foreigner, you know, they'd get like 20 Hong Kong dollars or something like that. 20 Hong Kong dollars is about two and a half bucks or one euro 90 500 Hong Kong was like uh, 65 bucks or 47 euros, 40 quid. These two companies I worked for were large publicly traded operations. So I'd have to pass out a hundred or so of these packets. So you can imagine every time someone got married, I figured one less red packet I have to pass out come the new year. And it's traditional for companies to hand out bonuses uh, for everyone at Chinese New Year and the traditional amount was about one month's salary. So I never complained because the big guy in the corner office, I mean, he had to shell out mucho dinero to everyone, married or single, and, you know, not just the folks in the head office. He had to also cover everyone in the factory, too, you know, thousands of workers. And in the annual budget, the, the Chinese New Year bonuses and red packets, that's a, was a significant line item. And, and besides, uh, the people in the company, uh, you also have to, you know, Take care of those who uh, sort of like orbited your life, you know, guys like uh, the maitre d's at the restaurants you frequented and, you know, everyone who took care of you throughout the year, you know, gave you face and, you know, whatnot. I mean, you had to walk around with your pockets loaded with these uh, hongbao uh, in your pockets, you know, and if you forgot. <laughs> anyway, on the second day of the new year, this is traditionally the day that married daughters would go home to pay the respects to their parents. You know, of course, on New Year's Eve, they spent the New Year chushi uh, feast with their husbands and with their husband's family. So the, the second day was their day to pay respects to their own parents. And, you know, the second day is the, it's also the traditional birthday of all dogs. So you got to be good to your pooch too, and make sure he or she got the canine equivalent of a red envelope, you know, maybe a milk bone or whatever. On the third day, it's a sort of a quiet day, little or no socializing goes on. So it's a day to get back on Facebook or turn on that Xbox or PlayStation, sort of relax. The fourth day, again, nothing special. Same for the fifth and sixth day, although on the fifth day of the new year in the north of China, this would be the day everyone's eating jiaozi or, or dumplings. Now, the seventh day of the holiday... This is known as Renzi, or the Humans Day. It's the traditional day that all humans were born. This is the day you, you'd eat uh, yusheng, or this, you know, this raw fish salad, which you know, brings you all this abundance and prosperity. Remember the word for fish and abundance, both pronounce yu, second tone. The eighth day, um, this was the eve of the Jade Emperor's traditional birthday, which uh, for the Chinese is uh, it's another reason to celebrate, keep dragging out the partying and socializing. The Jade Emperor, Yu Huang, he's, uh, he's a Taoist god, the ruler of heaven. He's uh, one of the San Qing, or the three pure ones who were created by the interaction of yin and yang. And all the while, all the TV stations in the Chinese-speaking world are all filled to the brim with these special programs where all the stars come out and there's, you know, all these variety shows and singing and comedy and, you know, all this traditional stuff. Same thing every year. 
And it doesn't stop there. On the ninth day is, of course, the actual birthday of Yu Huang, the Jade Emperor, which, you know, if you're from Fujian or Fujianese, Hakkianese, you know, this is a, it's a bigger deal than elsewhere in China. This um, birthday of Yu Huang gets celebrated either on the ninth or tenth days or both. On the thirteenth day, everyone stops eating meat because it's been two weeks of gorging on all these traditional foods and desserts. So on the 13th day of the New Year Spring Festival, everyone is a vegetarian on that day. And this day is dedicated to the greatest general of all times. I mean, in Chinese history, that is. I mentioned him in the episode where we discussed the period of the three kingdoms in China. Guan Yu was his name, and so successful was Guan Yu as a general, who, if you recall, first served under Cao Cao and later under Liu Bei, uh, he became the god of success. And, you know, you see idols of Guan Yu. They're found in every retail shop, company, place of business. He became a god during this Sui dynasty. Guan Yu isn't as big in the north as uh, he is in the south of China, Hong Kong, Taiwan. You, you may have seen him in your local Chinese restaurant. Next time you're out for chop suey, look for that uh, idol at the front of the restaurant that has a red face and a long beard. That's Guan Yu. He's traditionally honored on this on the 13th day of the new year. On the uh, 15th day is the Lantern Festival, or Shangyuan Jie. It's not the same as the Lantern Festival associated with the Mid-Autumn Festival, Zhongqiu. Uh, everyone is supposed to eat the Tangyuan, uh, a great Ningbo specialty, which is you know, it's sort of like a sweet, glutinous rice dumpling, and everyone walks around carrying these you know, traditional lanterns. By this time, everybody's already back at work, and although it lasts a couple weeks, it's only a public holiday, uh, just for a few days. Um, the workers who participated in the Chun Yun, you know, the, 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 that mass migration, they'll hang at home for the duration, uh, usually, and they'll only go back uh, much later, back to the factory. You know, after such an ordeal to get home, they sure aren't going to turn around and come back after three days, you know. So they stay put for the duration, and they they head back to the factories uh, on the east and the southern coasts, you know, usually in a couple of weeks. So let's see what else can I say. Uh, you'll see lots of mandarin oranges or jinjutsu, as they're called. You know, things common gifts you might uh, you know bring when you visit uh, family, relatives, friends, whatnot. You, you bring these oranges, or cakes, uh, biscuits, chocolate. Uh, Candy. Never bring pears. Pears are are pronounced li, which uh, rhymes with another character li. Uh, same uh, second tone, but it means to leave, which which uh, uh, means separation. So you don't want to uh, you don't want to give anyone pears during uh, uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, let's see the popular flowers you'll see around. You'll see lots of plum blossoms, kumquat trees of various. Uh, miniature uh, sizes and large sizes, all potted. Uh, You'll see lots of chrysanthemums, too. If you want to wish your Chinese friends a uh, happy new year, you would say, uh, you know, Xin Kuai La. Xin means new, Nian uh, means year, and Kuai La means happy. So Xin Nian Kuai La. And probably many of you have heard the the saying "Gong Hei Fa Choi," which uh, is the uh, Cantonese form of, uh, in Mandarin, say "Gong Shi Fa Cai." There's a there's a whole bunch of these lucky traditional sayings that are 
said, uh, you know, throughout the uh, holiday period, everyone's always greeting everybody with, you know, saying these lucky sayings. And, uh, wow, I guess that's really about it. I'm going to sign off right here and wish everyone, especially my Chinese listeners all over the world, a Xin Yan Kuala, Gong He Xin Xi, Long Ma Jing Shan. Happy New Year to all, and I hope everyone has a spectacular Year of the Rabbit or Year of the Cat for all my Vietnamese listeners. I'm wheels up tomorrow morning, back to good old Los Angeles, and if all goes well. Next time you'll be hearing the likes of Laszlo Montgomery. It will be when we uh, introduce the Ming Dynasty. And so, from Frankfurt am Main, take care, everybody. Auf Wiedersehen.